chill. So this will be a little bit, a little uncomfortable, maybe. So, all right. But before we let you do that, I have, um, I have to, I have to, to, to do something. Okay. And so, um, I was uh, sweeping our kitchen floor, and uh, that's some of the dirt. And then I cleaned out our. All right. Eat up, drink up. What's wrong? Just a little dirt on your food? You don't like a little dirt? Oh. <laughs> All right. No, I... Very good. All right. Go ahead and take that. You can have that. Here, RJ, is your, here's your actual one. Very good. So it's a little ridiculous, right? You would never want to eat or drink something that was dirty, correct? You find a hair in some, what, I mean, that was a whole ball of hair. Like, I, I went into the vacuum, and we got all these long hair people. I was yanking. I mean, one hair would be like, Ugh! But what about our minds? What about our hearts? Are you as sensitive about your heart and dirt as you are about food? You say dirt, unholy things. What would happen if we became as sensitive to impurities in our hearts and our minds as we do about food and physical things? We've all been to a gas station and had to go to the bathroom and opened the door and thought, oh, I don't have any other options, but yeah, we don't like dirt, do we? We don't like it in the physical arena, but even more than the physical arena is the spiritual arena. And so over the last few weeks, uh, last week we looked at Jacob, and uh, Jacob, he lived his life by lies. He didn't tell the truth. Um, and so last week he wrestled with God, you remember, and God changed his name from Jacob to Israel. Now the truth is he still had a long way to go. He, he, he wasn't there. And uh, we just don't have time to look at all the details of his life. But basically for the rest of the book, starting in chapter 37, and the next 13 chapters are about his next to youngest son, Joseph. And what the writer of Genesis is really doing is he's holding Jacob up as a bad example, but God got a hold of his life in contrast to his son Joseph that is a good example. And again, Joseph didn't have a breeze of a life, did he? All right. Their family was extremely dysfunctional. Go, and I encourage you, read the tail end of Genesis this week. Read through the lies, and you know, his, his brothers basically were going to kill him, but one of his brothers saved his life. There was sexual sin all through, I mean, all over the place. And so anybody who says the Bible you know, doesn't give a real picture of life, 
baloney. You're not reading it. You are not reading it. God is very, he gives a real picture of what a broken world and a broken life looks like when we don't do it God's way. And so Joseph gives us hope. Joseph shows us a good picture. And I, and I, I want to remind us here, he came out of a family that was dysfunctional. So if you're here and you're like, man, I don't like talking about my, my family tree and my family because, man, it is just... It is just jacked up. Joseph's life was. Joseph's family was messed up. But God is able to redeem. God is able to transform. God is able to do what is amazing. And so if you have your Bible, open to Genesis 39. Genesis 39. And so again, our, our, our challenge here, we have 13 chapters and we have two messages, so we as pastors have to pick a direction that we're going to go. And what we're going we're gonna to focus on Genesis 39. This is after his brothers treated him harshly, they, they were going to kill him, then they sold him. He is in Egypt, he is in uh, Potiphar's house, which is basically the equivalent to um, the, the, the bodyguards of you know, of the, the special um, uh, secret service, you know, and so he, that's Potiphar oversaw that in the, in the government, and so Jace, Joseph is sold as a slave to, uh, to take care of, of his house. And so what Joseph shows us here is that Joseph listened to the Lord and he obeyed the Lord. And again, I want to say this, and this is in contrast to his family and the culture of Egypt and all the other things. And this morning, you know, Joseph's life gives us a picture of what purity, and specifically in the area of sexually. And some of you might be like, well, Steve, why are we talking about that? We got young kids in here. You know what? We live in a world that is looking for every opportunity to talk about a broken picture of what God made good and right. And so we need to be willing to, again, not go overboard. And so that's my tension this morning. How do we give enough to say, you know what, this is the dynamics that are going on, but Joseph honored the Lord. He honored the Lord. And so the point here is, you can too, and I can too. We can honor the Lord. And the reason we can honor the Lord with our bodies and is because of God's grace towards us. Because of God's grace. So let's look at the story. Let's start here in Genesis 39, starting in verse 1. Now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had brought him, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man, and he was in the house of the Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. So Joseph found favor in his sight, and he attended him and made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. From the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in his house and in his field. 
So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge, and because of him, he had no concern about anything but the food that he ate. Now Joseph was was handsome in form and appearance. And after a time, his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, lie with me. And so Joseph is doing, he is honoring the Lord. He is doing right. And someone else, his master's wife, notices that he's a good-looking guy and notices that he's different. And what does she do? She starts to prey on him. I'm not saying pray like this. I'm saying she is coming after him. Let's continue on the story. Verse 7, after a time, his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, behold, because of me, my master has no concern of anything in the house, and he has put everything that he has in my charge. See, Joseph is saying, I I am going to honor the Lord no matter what. And remember, he's in Egypt because his brothers treated him horribly. Horrible circumstances. He kept honoring the Lord no matter what. Look at verse 9. This is a staggering verse. It should be a life verse for us. Verse 9. He is no greater, he is not greater in this house than I am nor has he kept back anything from me except you, because you are his wife. Look what he says next. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? See, Joseph loved God more than anything, and his relationship with God affected Tuesday morning at 9 o'clock and every other hour during the week. And so in the midst of temptation... What does he say? I am not going to dishonor God. I'm not going to dishonor God. Because Joseph shows us here what it means to honor God in relationship to our bodies and sexually. He stands true. And so I think this asks us the question for ourselves and as we look at Joseph here, and, and here we are in 2023, and the question for us is, who are the, who are the Josephs around us? Or, or am I a Joseph who, or that, that we're willing to say, you know what, I'm going to honor God in every area of my life, every area, every single one? What are the clear lines that we set? What are the boundaries that we set? Do we have them? If you don't know them ahead of time, in the moment, you will die. You you will give in to temptation. I don't care how strong you think you are. You will give in to temptation. Our flesh is extremely powerful. Very powerful. But again, Joseph loved the Lord. Our focus here is honoring the Lord. 
keeping his, him as a focal point. Hold your finger there and look back to another, another passage here. And you can look and say, well, your kid, younger kids, oh, that, was the, that was those dark ages days. What does that have to do with us? First Thessalonians chapter 4. First Thessalonians chapter 4. Starting in verse 3. going to read down through these verses. We're not going to spend a ton of time in it, but again, here's just another perspective. God is abundantly clear of his purpose and design. So verse 3, it says, for this is the will of God, your sanctification. That's a big word. You probably, no one probably used it this week. Sanctification um, means the process after we've trusted Christ to become holy. All right? So it's a lifelong process. I trusted Christ when I was between three and four years old. So God declared me righteous because of trusting in Christ. Now I'm in this process of becoming holy. That I would live up to who God has pronounced me to be. And it's a day in and day out process. And so this is what Paul is saying here. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. God wants you to be holy. That's why Jesus went to the cross. Not so that you could go to heaven someday. That is true. He went to the cross so that you could not sin anymore, so that you would become holy and righteous. It's not some fictitious fictitious dream. It's reality. That we have the power of God in us as believers. And so here he goes on, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this manner because the Lord is an avenger in all these things. As we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you, for God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this, disregards not man, but God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. We have a benefit that Joseph didn't have. As believers, the Holy Spirit resides inside of us. He didn't have that benefit. He's an Old Testament believer. And so, yeah, the only way we can do this is by living surrendered, allowing God to live in and through us. And that's what Paul is saying here. This isn't a new thing. God has a very great, perfect, and a design for physical intimacy, for sexuality. And it's within a context of a marriage relationship. Anything else is sexually immoral. Now, the truth is, every one of us in this room is guilty. There's not a person in here who is sexually pure. I don't care who you are. We're all guilty 
That's why we need a Savior. And so the message today is about grace. The message today is, do you want to be like Joseph? Don't worry about yesterday, you know, don't worry about yesterday. What about today? Do you want to be like Joseph that was willing to say, you know what, I'm going to honor God in my relationships and say no to my flesh? That's the, the message this morning. And absolutely, our young people need to hear that. They need to hear that, you know what, God has better. God has better. And our old people need to hear that too. And everybody in between. We all need to hear that. Every single one of us. And so we see Joseph standing firm. And so if you know the story or you don't know the story, she doesn't respond too well from rejection. It's probably an understatement. And so here's where the second point, the first point I said is Joseph shows us you can choose purity. I think the second part of this, Joseph shows us that honoring God does not mean you will be rewarded today. Joseph does what is right, and let's see what happens to him for honoring God. Okay? We'll pick up, she basically uh, cries wolf, and he runs out of the house, and he leaves his, his, his coat there with her, and so now she, it, she makes up a story. And so look what happens down in uh, verse 19. As soon as his master heard the words that his wife spoke to him, this is the way your servant treated me, his anger was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him in, into the prison the place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in prison. So he honors God, and where, where does he end up? In prison. And we don't have really time to look at it. He's in jail for a number of years. Read it this week, I encourage you. Probably at least anywhere from five, six, seven, we don't exactly know. But this isn't like, oh, episode two, now he's out. No. He's in jail for a while. But look what happens next. Verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph. Look what it says next. And what does it say? Showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And so what do we see here? We see that God's hand is on Joseph, no matter what his circumstances are. And we're going to see the end of that next week. Why? God has him in prison for a reason. But here Joseph is, he does what is right. Does he find justice? Is what happened to him just? Yes or no? No! You don't say no to someone's committing adultery and you find yourself in prison. That's not just. That's not what prison's for. And so this begs a question. Do any of you know any other human being that obeyed his father every single time? You know who I'm talking about? Was he treated justly? No way. Someone who was righteous should not be crucified on a cross. 
And so, aren't you glad that God doesn't treat you the way you deserve? I am. And it wasn't fair that Jesus Christ was on that cross. It wasn't fair. Not at all. I think it's the words that he says here. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor. That's grace. That's kindness. And so that's what we see here in Joseph's life. And I think that's what we see here for ourselves today, that God is a God of grace and he's a God of of favor, that steadfast love. That means he's committed to us, that he won't give up. He'll never let us go. He'll never stop in the process. Even as we, pray, we, we tend to wander, we know how to play the game. Even as believers, we, we know how to act like, you know, here, but then, you know, we have these other pockets in our life that we're just not, we're not bringing out before the Lord. And God patiently just walks alongside of us because He is going to make us more like Jesus Christ as a believer. And so that's the whole point here is that we can honor Yahweh. We can honor God. And specifically, it relates to our bodies, sexually speaking. We can be like Joseph. We can follow in his example. And so I know, I know there's a tension in the room right now. I I get it. I've, I've felt it all week. How do we hold up God's holiness and his what he wants, and yet we know that we live in a broken world where some of you in this room have had things that have happened to you because someone has treated you horribly. It's not even your fault. It's not your fault. You did nothing wrong, even though the lies are telling you, oh, I did something wrong. No, you didn't. We need to bring those things to the light, to the truth. It's the truth of God's grace. And the truth is, some of you in this room have done things willfully that you shouldn't have done. And you live under the guilt and shame. But you know what? The cross is about redemption. And you can't go back to yesterday, but you know what? When Jesus hung on the cross, he paid for all of our sin, period. We don't live under shame and guilt any longer. We don't. So are we willing to allow God to completely forgive us? And that's a battle. I get it. I know. I have my things too. I wish I could do it over. I can't. All I can do is surrender to the grace of God in my life and believe what he says. I think this is the beauty of the body of believers. And here's where I say to you older Folks, I'll let you fill in the blank. Our young people need to hear some of your stories. They need need you to be as honest as you can without glorifying your sin, but to give them a real picture of the reality of choices that you make. And to do that in a loving and in a caring way, way. And I'm not saying after church you run up to someone, that's not appropriate. But that's the part that we we pray. That's what the body needs to be doing with one another. 
that we don't live under the guilt and shame. But God is always able to take our worst choices, our worst sin, and he can turn around and use it for his glory. If we'll surrender to him, if we'll let him do that and not hold on to it. Well, I don't want to be uncomfortable, God. Well, there's nothing. I'm sorry. You're going to let God use the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. I think part of this, we honor God through our confessions as, as well. And you know what? There's a time and a place. I think most of us are probably pretty good at confessing to the Lord. But part of the healing process is confessing it not for forgiveness. Only Jesus Christ can forgive you. But sometimes the reason we don't get healed from this stuff and it keeps recurring is because we aren't willing to bring it to the light in relationship to a trusted, godly person who will, who will give us the truth and who will share grace and who will walk alongside and who will know how to get us to maturity and not make us feel ashamed. It's part of the process. That's what the body of Christ needs to be doing. And we're not always good at it. We're not always good at it. So I know today's a heavy day. I got it. I always say, days like today, watch how fast everybody leaves church. I think I gave the word picture with Bill and Debbie the other week. It's like when you're in a house where there's cockroaches and the light comes on. Whoosh! When we talk about sin in church, it's amazing how we just, because we feel the discomfort. And that's what needs to set us apart. We don't want to use our, the grace of God as a license to sin, but we also don't want to avoid it. God wants to bring healing and to bring health and to use us. So I'm going to invite the worship team up and let me pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord. And again, God, I, I, I pray that, that, that we would have a heart to see Joseph and that we would 